Children leave home for college, marriage, a job. A new U.S. president is elected. A national tragedy such as a hurricane or a mass shooting occurs. A leader dies. A business owner sells his business. A child is born. A family member dies. Transitions are part of life. Thus, change is part of life. From creation to the present, transitions and change have not merely been part of life, but to a large extent the essence of life. Our Creator God has experienced many transitions. We see multiple transitions in Scripture. The history of our country involves thousands of transitions. The history of our church involves multiple transitions. Your family life to this point involved and will involve many transitions. Consider how many transitions you have faced in life. Some transitions are small, while others are major. The way of wisdom is to accept with grace the reality of transitions as life or as life and prepare for those we know are coming. Transitions change as life drives us to God, to Christ, to Scripture, to the body of Christ, to godly living. We can be wise in humble dependency upon the Lord in preparation or live in denial and experience much grief and hardship. I've known many people who have denied the reality of transitions and got into a lot of trouble. Others accept transitions as coming and prepare for them and flourish in the midst of them. There have been transitions in our local church. One coming transition, which we have already implied in the last couple of years, is my aging and my physically slowing down, whether I want to admit it or not. I don't know what the future holds in terms of my mental and my physical well-being. None of us do. Or when I will experience death. I'm not planning that, but I know it's coming one of these days. Therefore, I think it's wise for us as a church to plan and prepare. This morning, I want to explain a foundation for planning action and transition in the months, the year or years to come. As I am aging, I don't have the same stamina that I did at one time. And we would desire that that would be a smooth transition, not a abrupt one where, boom, I pass on or I say I'm done, and then we try to figure out where to go. But we want to get an overview of, a brief overview of biblical history and transition, and then focus briefly on a single passage and then share some applications. So you look at an overview of wisdom and transitions in Scripture, you find that in the Old Testament, blessings in the Old Testament were given by Abraham, by Isaac, by Jacob, by Joseph, as well as others. That is, before they died, they would bless their children. They would say, I know I'm going to die. And they would bless them. 
And as you look at Scripture, you will find that when children were blessed, there was one response. When there was not blessing, there seemed to be a somewhat different response. We also can look at Scripture, Moses turning leadership over to Joshua. The entire book of Deuteronomy ties in with that, where Moses reviews the law. And then we know at the end of Deuteronomy, the leadership is turned over to Joshua, and Moses dies. Joshua passing passing away, his death came in Joshua 23 and 24. And he prepares Israel for leading, or for going on without him. David's death, the kingship was passed to Solomon. There was conflict as to who was going to be king. David passed it on to Solomon. Elijah passed prophetism unto Elisha. 2 Kings chapter 2, 1 through 12. The 11 were prepared, or Christ ascending to the Father prepared the 11 when he would no longer be here. Bless them told them they would receive the Holy Spirit. Paul to Timothy and to Titus in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and the various passages talk about the passing on of leadership. Christ addresses the seven churches when you get towards the end of John's life in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. In light of The examples that I gave there very briefly, wisdom calls for admitting the reality of transitions. Change, they are life. Any local church will go through transitions. The wise way is to admit the reality. Secondly, prepare and plan for a known transition. Pass the baton. Think through, plan according, accordingly. So we want to consider an example of wisdom in a transition, in a known transition, where Joshua is going to pass off the scene. And considering this historic example is not to try to draw necessarily one, two, three for our local church, but rather to see what God did and how he worked, and then respond in seeking God in our own situation. Now, the historical setting to Joshua 23 and 24, we know that Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation. And that involved an unconditional commitment by God given to Abraham. Abraham had Isaac. And it was through Isaac that Jacob was blessed, his son. And it's through Jacob having 12 sons that we find the nation of Israel and they end up in the land of Egypt. Israel is redeemed from Egypt with Moses as leader. Israel receives the Mosaic covenant with Moses leading, Joshua being a helper. Israel wanders in the desert for 40 years with those 20 years of age and older passing off the scene. Moses leading, Joshua being a helper. Israel is on the east side of the Jordan River, ready to enter the promised land. Moses is passing off the scene. The leadership is being delegated to Joshua. Then Israel takes some of the promised land under Joshua's leadership. Joshua, when we get to Joshua 23 and 24, is aging. He's an old man. He says he's an old man. 
and he's preparing for his coming death. And in the particular context of Joshua 23 and 24, we know that Israel had rest, but the entire promised land has not been conquered. That's the context of Joshua 23 and 24. Joshua is acting as an old man, advanced in years. He has led for many years. The elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials are summoned by Joshua, and he is responding to them. And I want want us to notice a number of items as Joshua is passing on the baton. As the elders and the leaders and the judges and officials will go back to the people and share what has been shared with them by Joshua. We find that the Lord's faithfulness in acting in Israel's history is rehearsed. Look in Joshua 23 and verse 1. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. But notice, Lord had given rest. Skip over to the to verse 3. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Skipping down to verse 5. The Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way. He will punish them before you, and you will take possession of the land as the Lord your God promised you. There were still other people to drive out, and he says... You will do that. Skip down to verse 9. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you rats a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. Skipping down to the end of verse 13, which the Lord your God has given you. Verse 14, now I'm about to go the way of the earth, all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the great or good promises of the Lord, your God, gave you has failed. And it rehearses over and over what God has done. In chapter 24, we find the Lord is speaking. You know, he says in verse 5, I sent Moses and Aaron and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there. I brought you out when I brought your fathers out of Egypt. Verse 8 talks about, I brought you out of the land. I destroyed them. And over and over again, Israel's history is rehearsed. When there's a transition in leadership, when there's a transition because of death, rehearsing history is good, vital didn't only happen on the part of Joshua. Moses did the same thing. And you find some of the other patriarchs did also. Secondly, you notice in these two chapters, there's a challenge by Joshua to obey the Lord, which involved the Mosaic law. For Israel, it involved the Mosaic law. And Joshua is challenging them. Look at chapter 23 and verse 6. 
Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Be careful to obey all that is written. Verse 11. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. Look at verse 14 of chapter 24. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. So a strong emphasis on serve the Lord. Recalls history, what God has done, encourages them to be faithful to the Lord. But there's also a challenge, a warning to avoid the evils in the promised land. As they go into the promised land, there was evil. Look at chapter 23 and verse 7. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. Skip down to verse 12 of chapter 23. But if you turn away, align yourself with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips in your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Chapter 24 and verse 14. Now fear the Lord your God and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worship beyond the Jordan and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. Throw away the gods your forefathers worship beyond the river and in Egypt. A strong warning to avoid the evil of the promised land. And then the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials commit themselves to obedience. Look at chapter 24. And the end of verse 18 we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. The leaders, the judges, the elders, the officials are committing to obedience. Look at verse 21. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. And in verse 24, and the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. So there's a recalling of history. There's a challenge to obey the Lord. There's a challenge to avoid the evil in the land. And there's a response on the part of the elders, leaders, judges, and officials in that they commit themselves to obedience. So in light of our brief discussion of Joshua 23 and 24, my own study of items that I mentioned earlier under the observation of wisdom and humbly waiting upon the Lord and some discussions with the elders, we want to, or I want to share a brief action plan and a wise transition in the months, the year, year or years to come. And this is an overview. And please understand that I'm not stepping down today. 
Lord willing, not in the near future. But we have to think about transition. So some wisdom action, and I'll say wisdom action. A sermon series on what I will call absolute core basics for our local church in light of Christ alone and Scripture. Just what does Scripture say? What are the core basics? That means we will discuss items that should be constant, unchanging, if we're to be faithful to Christ. There's some items that are not negotiable, should not be negotiable. But on the flip side, there are items which can and should change since there is freedom in our walk with the Lord. And I trust as we discuss this in weeks to come as we look at Scripture, and we'll make a distinction. Negotiable? Not negotiable. See, an item that is not clearly spelled out by the Lord is a form of worship. Not clearly spelled out by the Lord. Whether you have an offering or don't have an offering is not spelled out by the Lord. We do. We generally have music. But that's not clearly spelled out. Giving, you know, the scriptures encourage giving, but how that looks, why don't we have an offering plate at the door? Or a box there, you know, or whatever. So there's some items are negotiable and some are not negotiable. But a sermon series dealing with absolute basics. Secondly, then we'll seek to evaluate ourselves in light of what I preach. Doing that on a church level. Seeking responses from leaders and so on. But then also thinking about that on the marriage and family level. Are we in our marriages and our families living in light of Scripture, but then also on an individual level? And that obviously will involve some openness and sharing, some discussion and some feedback. So, we hear God's word, we need to respond to it. Then the third step, we will seek to respond in obedience, holiness, as a result of teaching and evaluation. That will involve blessing. As a church, how are we obedient? What are we doing well? How are we responding well? Sometimes when we raise kids, we're forever telling them what they do wrong. They need to be told what they do right. As we look at Scripture, yeah, we as a church are obedient in this area. It also involves seeking God or seeing God's faithfulness in our history. How has God been faithful to us as a church? What has He done over the hundred and how many years now, Sharon? Hundred and thirty-five. I lose track of history. I know it's hundred and thirty something. But how has God been faithful? When we lose a historical perspective, we lose so much. And to this day, I wish my grandparents would have shared much more with 
my parents about their history and then my parents sharing with us just how God worked. Also involved would be admitting drift. If there's drift, if there's disobedience, addressing that with confession and repentance. And Paul, not Paul, but John addresses the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3. Five of them, he encourages repentance. But all seven, he has something good to say. Also, how they're being obedient. And then determine the course of being and action in light of the above four items. This will at times involve change. Because transitions involve change. Maybe a word we don't like. But yet one that we live with. Another step of action, be the body in these transitions. A few weeks back, I'd spoken the body a number of weeks, just that we are a body. We're not an institution. We're not an organization. We're not a business. We're a body. And a body is concerned about being the body. And as a body makes transitions, being the body. And then just wise, practical action or transition. It's wise, practical action. And there's, this isn't on PowerPoint at all, but I would emphasize pray. 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 It's very critical that we Pray. You say, Pastor, did you go through Scripture and find somewhere the five action steps that you're suggesting? Not point by point. I think they're the way of wisdom for us as a local church. And that's springing from an overview of wisdom and transitions as we look at how Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph blessed when they died how Moses turned leadership over to Joshua, how Joshua turned leadership over to others in Israel, David, how he passed on leadership to Solomon, Elijah passing on prophetism to Elisha, Christ ascending to heaven, passing on leadership to eleven, Paul passing on leadership to Timothy, to Titus, Christ, as he addresses the seven churches. So what I've shared this morning comes from the transitions that I mentioned, along with humbly seeking God and some discussion the elders and I have had. Transitions are life. We cannot avoid them. Let's be wise in accepting them. And planning well in advance as we seek God, Christ, Scripture, and yield to the Holy Spirit. Having shepherded people for some 43 years, it's very wise to recognize that life involves transitions. Ruth and I will 
die. I don't know who will go first or if we'll go together, what the story will be. But have I prepared for that? Has Ruth Ann prepared for that? Our children, years ago, transitioned from living at home to college, and then they would transition back home over summer. And that was not always easy because they were used to living in college. Now they come back home, and we had some different expectations. But eventually they transition out of the home into their own families. Those of you who are going through the empty nest, that's has some upsides and it might have some downsides. Those of you who have transitioned from work to retirement, I think most of you probably prepared in some way, shape, or form. We transition from school into a job setting. Many people spend four or five years in school preparing for a job setting, preparing for a transition. And as a body of believers... It's important that we recognize that life does not go on the same. I'm not going to be around here in 20 years, I'm sure. We've had some people die in the last few years that involve transitions. Living well in the midst of them for God's glory. And that's the purpose of, you know, the next few weeks, not sure how long it'll take, just to be wise as we humbly seek Christ and yield to the Spirit. And to remind us of that, we want to sing several songs that even in the midst of transitions, Christ is the foundation and we can rest in Him in Christ alone. Travis? Travis?